the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Well, we're mixing it up a little bit differently this time yet again because John is gone right now. He's not here. He is out of the state. He's taking a little trip to Colorado. Um, But for now, I've got a special guest on the show. The one, the only, Antonio. Hi. Antonio, how are you? I'm good. It's nice that you came out of the bedroom to record for a little bit. Yep. I appreciate that. Technically, it's in the living room, though. You spend a lot of time in your bedroom, though. Good point. Yes. (laughs) Good point. Point made. Hiya. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting all that out, right? No. (laughs) I'm not cutting all that out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, John... John, like I said, John's gone, so uh, we are going to do the news section, and we're also going to do the, I think I'm going to save the Bad Batch review with John, since that's something I think that he really enjoys. So, plus, the there's an episode that dropped that apparently we missed. I didn't even realize that until... Uh, right now. Well, no, it was uh, yesterday, I uh, think. I was like, oh, look, <clears throat> another episode dropped. I had no idea. So I don't know if that was planned or if that was just like an extra bonus thing they did. I'm not sure. No clue. I don't know. But, um, of course, you and I are both looking forward to Loki. Yes. Which is, it's going to come out on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, right. Mm-hmm. Is it coming out this Wednesday? Nope. Oh, okay. I'm kind of sad, but it's okay. It's coming out the Wednesday that this episode drops. Next Wednesday? The 9th. I don't know when that is. Okay. (laughs) Okay. It's soon. Let's do this. So we're going to jump into the news, uh, which we don't have a whole lot, um, because there really hasn't been anything newsworthy. There's actually been a lot of rumors, like I've said on here before. I don't like talking about rumors. That's just not something I'm into. So we're not going to talk rumors today. Um, But... What I did want to bring up with you, Antonio, because I know video games is something that's very important in your life. Mm-hmm. The E3 conference is coming up very soon, and it's actually going to be June 12th to June 15th. Mm-hmm. So that's just a week away? What is 10 it? days away? Well, they didn't have it last year. I'm going to watch it because that means that I could see games that I want. Yes. Well, that, like, does it always have, like, I know I've been talking about this a lot, but does it have the sports games? Of course. Okay. Which are usually pretty, that's kind of a given. Like, they usually have that, you know, they have a new one of that every year. Yeah. So that's kind of a given. But the, what might be different this year is there's a lot of stuff that, I feel like they didn't get to release last year because they didn't actually have the conference last year. So Xbox kind of did their own thing in PlayStation and Nintendo, and they didn't do it all together. Yeah. And so now we're actually going to get to see like all of it released at the same time, which is actually pretty exciting. I'm excited to see what happens. What What kinds of things do you think will be released? I'm not super sure, but obviously, like you said, sports games. Um, maybe, like, I don't know. I feel like there's probably going to be a lot of new shooter games. Cause that's what a lot of kids play right now. But I'm kind of looking forward to, like, survival games, kind of. Survival? Yeah. Okay. Like, like I said I like the, the Ark game. Okay. With the dinosaurs and the people, which is actually kind of very confusing sounding but like i kind of want another game like that okay because i might play it so a role-playing game but one that you you have to survive you have to learn how to adapt yeah okay well very cool maybe that 
maybe we'll have that kind of thing released. But the big thing that everybody's talking about, of course, is the big the big reveal from several years ago was the new Zelda Breath of the Wild, oh, and how right. everybody re- uh, you know lost their minds over that. Well, two years ago, we had the confirmation that they were in the process of making Breath of the Wild two, and a lot of people believed that at E three last year, if they had had it they would have released a Breath of the Wild, at least a teaser or a, or a trailer of some sort. Yeah. Now, this year, it's two years later. Do you think that they're going to have a Breath of the Wild 2 trailer? Probably. I think so. At this point. I, I think for sure they've said that they are working on it. Um, it's not going to be released this year for sure, but they do believe... Or not believe, but it it is believed amongst fans that next year will be the release of Breath of the Wild 2. I mean, they could do like a demo kind of thing, possibly. Maybe. It depends on how far along they've gotten. <clears throat> right. So much important. Yes. Yeah, that's key. Yeah. Um, now, I believe that... You know, some theories that I have about the game itself, because the, I, I've honestly, I think out of everything, this is like the one thing that I'm really hoping for uh, with all the releases and stuff. Um, I would love to see, first off, I hope that it's not just titled Breath of the Wild 2. That kind of disappointing. Yeah, well, I mean, we know that it's a direct sequel. We do know that. But... I don't just want the two. I want like a subtitle. So like Breath of the Wild. Link's Adventure. Yeah. That would actually be kind of a cool name for like a subtitle. Sure. I mean, they've done it before. Oh. But. Never mind. (laughs) Forget about that. Well, they use his name a lot to link the game to the title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we... um, so I'm, I'm hoping for a title. I We're just based on the teaser that we've seen, because you've seen the teaser. Yeah, we're, they're um, walking. And, and with, Ganon is down there, and he, yeah. he's got like the big glowing hand on him or whatever. And yeah. he wakes up. Because Link was walking with... Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And we know some time has passed because her hair has been cut. She has like short hair. Yeah. Instead of <clears throat> typical long... I wonder if they get married. Flowing. You think so? It's you think possibly. there's a romance there? Maybe. I doubt it. Hope it's not in the game, though. No, well, yeah, no, they definitely won't. I love you. Yeah, they, um... I, I don't... I don't think they'll do that in the game. Yeah. It's always one of those things that's kind of been hinted at, but never really confirmed. Yeah. Anywho, with, um... What are some things that you think might happen in the game? Um, Just based off of what you know from the first game and what we have seen in the teaser so far. Um, from the first game, I think there could be a new champion for like each place. Right. Because I feel like every place you went to, there was that like one main focus character that you helped out a lot. Yeah. Because like, I remember the Gorons, the rock people. Mm-hmm. There was that guy who was really scared. Yeah. And I feel like he could be a champion. And Definitely. Then there's the guy who helped. What I mean, wasn't that already a champion? The guy who helped you fly up to the flying eagle at the. Oh no, that was a that was also a new character as but well. But yeah, like he could be a champion. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. And then they could all go on like an adventure. So you think that the champions will play a key part again in this game? Maybe, yeah. I, I could but see they would that. be in, like they would actually help out like through the whole game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you might have a mission, and they might like assist you kind of thing. Okay, yeah, that could be cool. I'd like that. And they'd fight with you. Yeah, I, no, I, I always wanted that. Yeah, so kind of like the Age of Calamity game that came out last year. Except it's not mob fighting. Right. And just run up and hit a bunch of people. Yeah, just button mashing. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm good at that. That's why I got the demo. <laughs> I thought That's why about I got the demo the and game. liked it so much. Yeah. Because you just 
Then we, I, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't break my new controller. Button, ma- yeah, you don't want to do that. Although, I feel like I'm I glad, do. I'm glad we finally got that fixed. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, so some of the theories I think is, are going to happen, you know, the, the world that was created for Hyrule in Breath of the Wild was incredible because we had never seen an open world like that. We had never seen an RPG yeah. style game. I mean, um, I mean, we have, but not to that. St- I don't think the landscape will change because well, like the open world part. Like it won't be open world? Do you think it might change? Do you think they'll change that? Or do you think it'll stay the same way? No, I think it'll still say an open world for sure. And then, like, you asked if the if I think the place will change. I think it'll just be a bit older. Mm, aged? Yeah. And okay. then there might be some places that are nicer and, like, newer because they were able to rebuild and they weren't being attacked all the time by pigs. <laughs> yeah, and, by both goblins yeah. and, and guardian uh, the evil guardian yeah. things. Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, I think that um, you know one of the things that really caught my eye in that teaser that they released is, and I think I, I talked to you about this before, is the way that it looks the the hand that's on Ganon and the, all the like little squigglies and, and the like glowing squiggles that are kind of like in the air and stuff yeah. reminds me a lot of Twilight Princess. And uh... so I'm wondering if it's not so much that it's going to be a different world as much as it's going to be like the shadow realm of Hyrule. Wasn't the shadow that one where there was the wolf? Yeah, you turn into a wolf. That's cool. I liked that. Yeah. Well, I don't think they'll do that because that would just be a copy of something they've already done. You could turn into a horse. But I could see like there being like this shadow world that you get to go to that's the same, like almost a mirror image of Breath of the Wild, but maybe just darker. Yeah. Grittier. and. Do you think... Wasn't there like a dark link at one point or something like that? Yeah, there was um, a dark link in Ocarina of Time. Do you think they could do something like that? Maybe. Like if there was a Shadow World and it was darker, there could be a dark link. A dark link, yeah. An opposite of what Link is supposed to do, basically. Could be. Could that could end up being like, or what if you play as a dark Link? That I would. Because I think the character looks cool. That would be kind of a neat twist if, like, you're yeah. actually playing as the bad guy and not the good guy. What if you, yeah, like you ran around, not like just destroying. Yeah, destroying the instead good of guys. helping. Yeah, <laughs> just walk up with a to a building with a hammer and just start hitting it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be interested to see that. That that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Huh. I mean, even if they just created a different game, like, after they create this one, and it was like that, that would still be cool to me. Well, the biggest problem that we see right now is with Breath of the Wild, you know, they they spent all this time creating this giant open world. Right. That was just more, it was expansive, it was huge, it was, it took a lot of time to build. And so, I think there's a part of them that they don't want to just scrap that and be like, okay, well, let's just do another version of Hyrule. Right. They're probably wanting to take that and alter it in some way that's not completely throwing it away. Right. So it's just going to be an altered version of what we saw last time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It would be cool if, like, like, because don't you just have to... What did you have to do to transform into the wolf? Well, once you went into the shadow world, the shadow realm, yeah, you were you, able to do it. You just time. turned into the wolf when you went in there. Because it would be cool if, like, you you had to go find like a portal kind of thing too. Yeah. To actually go there every time. Yeah, I would like to see more. Um, not so much the. I'd like to see the old temples. That you used to have in the older games. Where you had like the riddles. Where you ha- had to, yeah, where you had all the like p- um, puzzles and stuff. Yeah. Which I mean, that's kind of what the shrines were. And... But, and then like, because I've played, I don't know which game it was, but it, w- it was on your account, on like your GameCube or something, on the profile you created. And it was 
one of the older games, and like I noticed how you had like like a top that you could ride on top of and yeah. stuff like that. Like it'd be fun if they had more stuff like that too. I agree. Yeah, the what those were those were items that were specifically for that temple, and um. so it helped you defeat that temple. But then you could use it later in other ways. Yeah, because like I used it on the sand. Yeah, it was fun. So yeah, I, I could I would like to see that kind of stuff again too. Yeah, yeah you're right. Well, cool. So that's E3. So E3 is coming up, and I'm sure John and I will do a whole, maybe not a whole episode, but we'll definitely take the first half of the episode to talk about what was revealed. Yeah. And um, that that'll be pretty exciting. So. I might even talk about it on my podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You've got a podcast? Of course I have a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. Yep. I'm pretty sure Bailey has a podcast, too. (laughs) He talks about the chicken and ham that he ate from Charlie's. (laughs) Our cat got on top of the couch and started eating our... um, the, the baby's food off of his tray. I mean, I'm pretty sure he ate, like, all of it. He ate a lot. Yeah. And then he had chicken tonight. Yeah. He enjoyed that chicken. He's living the life. Yep. Well, thank you, uh, Antonio, for, for being here. Um, I know we'll have more from the E3 conference. And um, the only other thing that I think is going to happen, my prediction for that, is I think that they're going to reveal a new Xbox. Um, Again? Well, the complaint that I've heard is the, you know, they have, like, the the big Xbox, you know, that has, like, all the memory costs, like, a bajillion dollars. Right. And then they have the other one that's cheaper. That, but it's just but digital. it's smaller. It's actually smaller memory. And I've heard that that's the biggest complaint. Well, that is that, but uh, thanks for helping me out with the beginning of this. You are very welcome. All right. We'll see you next time. Am I using the right microphone? I am. Great. (laughs) Isn't that such an awful, like, oh, no, have I been doing this wrong the whole time? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. I don't don't know if you caught it or not, but when we were recording the last time, because it still has that kind of muted, like, something's always getting picked up. So I, I tapped my microphone to see if it would show up, and it did. So I was like, all right, well, I'm using the right microphone. I don't know what else it is. Yeah, that is weird. Maybe it's just picking up, like, the fan noise or something like that. In the it background. might be picking up the fan inside my computer. Or, like, the, the mini fridge here is making those, like, tiny fridge sounds. Yes. So it's just kind of ambient noise, but it's it's low enough that it, it doesn't register in the track of audacity itself it just shows up in that top when you talk in the microphone so i really appreciate voices like a lot like i i i have hear too many of them jay is this a call for help (laughs) like i have kind of like a I, i really i admire like voiceover actors and you know uh people that are able to to mimic voices and do impressions and stuff like i have a a really big fascination with that kind of stuff so i try to do it myself sometimes um i'm not very good at it but i still think it's fun but one thing i i do a lot is i'll look at objects or i'll look at especially dogs and cats and i'll try to imagine what their voice would sound like and then try to make a voice <laughs> that would sound like that thing. That's awesome. <laughs> so when you were like, you know, a tiny fridge and it makes those tiny noises, I just immediately started thinking, what would a tiny fridge voice sound like? It just sounds small but cold. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I'm a mini fridge. I'm a mini fridge. How do I? So, uh, hey, hey, John, welcome to to the episode. I'm so glad you could be here. I am as well. You're magically not out of town anymore. Yeah. So, time for the main event, guys. Um, uh, there's been a lot of things that have started to happen in video games that 
I'm not very fond of. Yes, John has some things that he also doesn't like in video games now, and so we are going to talk about video game traits that we hope will disappear. <laughs> yes. With a, with a special shout-out to one that I think already is. Yeah? So... I will I will go ahead and lead off with that. Um, are you familiar, Jay, with the phrase pay to win? Yes, I am very familiar with this phrase. So, in case you are not, pay to win reflects something where there is a certain content, whether that be some type of skin or a special gun or an ability or some, something that is locked behind a paywall. So there's no way to get it organically. You have to spend money to buy this thing. And in in earlier Call of Duties, they had guns that were exclusively behind paywalls. So the I don't remember which one it was, but there was one I think in Black Ops 2 that I never got because I was not about to spend money on top of having a game like buying the game. Yes. So the trade-off on that to me is always going to be if it's a free game, I'm more likely to spend money. But if this is a game that I paid money for, I would love to not spend more money on it. So that's kind of where I'm at, my my headspace in that. So I know there was a big to-do, I want to say it was Black Ops 3, um, had a big problem with loot box exclusive guns in the sense that they were certain guns or certain skins of guns or whatever that were locked inside of the loot boxes and which are a whole nother topic of conversation, by the way. Um, and but one you could, that we will get to. Yes. Yes. Um, that you could only get by buying them. And with limited exceptions, at least in Call of Duty, because it's what I'm more familiar with, I feel like that hasn't really been an issue, at least in the past two games, maybe even going back to World War II. It's been kind of, you can buy it, but you can also work for it to unlock it. So there was, there was a limited exception with a certain blueprint in modern warfare when it translated to warzone but that was kind of it it was unintentional it created there was a a mediocre gun that there was a certain skin of that it became a one-hit kill and as soon as there was only like that for a couple of days before they patched it out they said that was unintentional we didn't mean it to do that we fixed it Uh uh-huh so pay to win from that perspective at least in the games that i am familiar with is trending down i think um i agree i think that it's on its way out um i do think in i think there are a few exceptions especially if it's a pay to win you know especially if it's a um it's already a free game to begin with and there are guns or skins or whatever that you can buy that makes the game um easier i guess you could say but if there's a way to acquire those things without having to pay as well like you have to have 50 headshots or you have to shoot somebody while falling off of a wall you know something ridiculous that would like challenge you as a player to try to earn this thing, I think that's when it's the only exception. When there is a way to acquire this item free, but you have to do X amount of stuff to be able to get it. I think that's fair. Um, because I don't, I mean, no one's going to spend the money for it if it's, hey, you know, play this game for 45 minutes and we give you the thing. And I was like, if they're not going to pay for it, make them play the game more in order to earn it. I think that's, I think that's a fair system. Yeah. Because you're always going to have people that are like, Oh, well I'll just pay to get the thing, you know, but then you will have people that will be like, Oh, okay. 50 headshots challenge accepted. 
you know, and they're like, yeah, I'll try this, you know, and then next thing you know, you got your, your new gun. Of course, then, <laughs> of course, then the, the bad thing would be you get the gun and it ends up actually being a really crappy gun. <laughs> See, that's, that's my thing is it was always there in, so in, in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, there are certain guns I'm never going to unlock. And some of them, I mean, par- part of it is because it's kind of a dead game in the sense that it's last year's Call of Duty. But it's a gun I knew I was never going to use. Or it's a challenge that I knew I would never complete. Yeah. Okay. But if it's one, if I had wanted it bad enough, I would just, you know, I would grind it out. I would do the challenge. So I think... Again, with the games I'm familiar with, they're balanced well. Yes. Well, I will jump into my first one then, if you don't mind. Absolutely not. Go for it. So the first thing, and it kind of ties into what you have just said, and that's loot boxes. I hate them. I can't stand them. They are very much on their way out. I have noticed, though, because... Because... (laughs) Because they're illegal. Because the law has gotten involved, (laughs) saying that it is a kind of gambling. So, there you go, people. (laughs) Which, it really is. It really, really is. And and so, it's like, well, yeah, of course. This is something that needs to be done with. Because you're teaching kids to gamble. Yeah. No, I, I'm very much on board with that um, I think the line last, of thinking. I think the last big game that did this very poorly and a lot was the new Battlefront 2, oh, uh, Star gosh. Wars Battlefront 2. Um, I think that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back uh, because it was so bad that that's when people started suing, trying to sue EA saying that this had to be illegal somehow. I don't... So, the the immediate backlash on Battlefront 2, I don't remember it being so much loot boxes as much as it was just aggressive monetization. Well, it was that and the loot. It was both. It was... Okay. Because I, I remember the backlash more of, you know, if you try to unlock every character and spend no additional money, it would take some obscene amount of hours played at an elite level. And then they, they walked that back pretty quickly, I imagine. Yes. Yes, they did. Which now, if you get... So, like, I got a version of it that was free. Mm-hmm. And the loot boxes aren't even on. They, they still do the, the boxes still fall. It's really weird. You'll play the game and the boxes at the end of the match will still fall. And they'll say, Hey, you have a new box, but when you go to open it, it's empty. There's nothing in there. Huh? It's because they've just removed them completely. That's (laughs) so the mechanic is still in there, but there's actually nothing in there. (laughs) It's very odd. <laughs> yeah, that is that's exceptionally odd. Yeah. But yes, so you go ahead. What's your next one? My next one is um specifically this is going to be be towards uh mobile games or games on your phone. Okay. Um I hate freemium games as I like to call them. In the sense that they are technically free. They're a free download, and you can play them without spending any money. But if you spend money on them, you are in a separate tier of player with access to so much more content, whether it's Uh. specific game modes or specific characters or costumes or, or like, various cosmetics, things like that. Um... They they definitely follow the Battlefront 2 model of aggressive monetization. And because they're on mobile, I feel like they're much more susceptible or at least they're they're much more what's the right word? They there's so much more likely for for like kids and people who don't understand the gravity of what they're doing to really abuse what happens. 
because I mean, if you're, if you're a kid, even like a, a teenager or something who might not have the wherewithal to know what's going on, if you are playing a game on your phone or someone else's phone and you just, and there's not some type of password protecting the, the card on the tied to the account, you can spend a lot of money very quickly. Mm. And because it, you'll see in the app store for you or the, the Google play store for me is it'll say like game contains additional transactions and it'll say like $2 to a hundred dollars is typically the, the most expensive thing in the game. If a kid decides like, Oh yeah, I want this. And there's not a password to say you can't get this. The parent might not find out until the bill. And then it's like, what did you do? Because I know that the equivalent of that for my childhood, at least, was like accidentally ordering a movie on demand. And it'd be like, well, I wanted to watch, I don't know, some movie that came out when I was when I was a kid. And it said it was there. It never prompted me to say like, hey, do you want to add this additional charge on your account? Because they want you to pay the money. Right. It's how they make money. But when there aren't enough speed bumps, there can be things that aren't intentional. So freemium phone games that are, again, aggressively monetized. Not a fan. I like it. It's a good point. That's one I didn't think of. Which, at the same time, I don't play a lot of mobile games, so I guess that's just not something that I'm used to, I guess. Yeah. I have in the past, and I've genuinely... I think every phone game that I've played long-term, I've ended up quitting because there was something I wanted that was locked behind the paywall, and Mm. I was like, I would much rather quit this game, find a new game, and just completely move on. And I did that enough times, I was like, no, I'm just going to get like Tetris or some game to kill like five minutes at a time, and then I'll go do something else. Right, right. Well, the my my next big thing that I really want them to take away from the gaming industry is empty open world. So what I mean by that is uh, open world games are becoming more and more common. However, there is a lot of time now where they will create an open world and... There's just so much empty, dead space where nothing happens. There's nothing going on. It's just there. And that's something that I'm really starting to get tired of. Uh, in particular, for, for example, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a massive open world game. But so much of that open world, there's nothing there. And so you have to travel. You can't, there are times when you can't fast travel. And it really is just traveling through this open world where there's just nothing there. And I'm getting tired of that. Like if you're going to have me travel, at least make it something happen while you're there. So. so how how much of that, because I, I completely agree, um, and I honestly thought Odyssey was going to be the game you would reference, um, but how much of that do you think would be negated by either some type of faster traveling, not necessarily fast traveling because it's a different in-game mechanic, but something like, oh, you know, the game recognizes that you've been, you have a, a waypoint marked on the map, and you've been going, you've been straight lining toward it for the last like five or ten minutes. We're just gonna increase your speed incrementally, or we're gonna necessitate the spawn of some type of side quest, or we're gonna give some type of event that you only discover because you are traveling from point A to point B. Yeah, I mean, honestly. For me, it's more just that it's not even like 
if they just sped up the character, like if the character, like maybe let's say the character was on a horse and the horse just started running that much faster so that you got there faster, I, that would honestly just make me more mad. I would be like, why can't we just go ahead and just fast travel to I the lost spot? you. I know that it's undiscovered, but there's no point in me getting from here to there. At least with Valhalla, for example, that I'm playing now, they there is a lot more open. There is a lot of open space. However, there is a ton to discover. Yes, there's it's a giant open world, right? And yes, I am having to travel from point A to point B. However, there is a ton of stuff between point A and point B that I can discover along the way now. So like I can find a place and be in market and say, "Ooh, I need to come back here." Like there there's obviously something special here. Whereas Odyssey didn't really do that. So that's that's the main thing I'm saying. And 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 so like that, obviously enough people complained about it that they did change it. However, I have heard people say that there's more recent games like um Cyberpunk, for example, um which that's just been a train wreck. <laughs> That's a the... whole nother discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, uh, cyberpunk, for example, that's one of the big complaints I've heard is, yes, the, the open world is massive. However, there's really nothing to do unless you're in the main city. So really, there's no point to have all these other places. And so that's kind of the thing that I'm talking about is that there is sometimes now where they make this open world and it's like they do it just to say, oh, hey, look how big this thing is. Yeah. Instead of actually having a purpose to it. So how much of that do you think as well could also be the era we want our games set in? So like you reference something like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is set in ancient Greece and I mean, horse was the fastest method of transit. <laughs> That's true. So it's not like, you know, I would, I imagine you could have a similar complaint for something like Red Dead 2. But then if you really wanted to straight line point A to point B, theoretically there might be a train. I don't know. I have, I've dabbled in Red Dead 2, but I haven't actually like full on played it. So it's just, I feel like it could be one of those games are limited by the transportation methods of their era could be but i also i also think kind of like what you're saying about valhalla is if you put things that aren't on the the big map right because every game has a big map and then they have like your mini map which is a reflection of where you are yes so if you have things that show up on the mini map that aren't on the big map i feel like that's more impetus to explore yes but I, I absolutely agree. An open world game where nothing happens, if I want that, I would go outside. <laughs> right. Which is why I don't go outside. Well, exactly. And that's why you want a video game is because you want stuff to be created. You want content. And when you have an open world like that where it's so big that half your time is just traveling from point A to point B and nothing's happening... I don't want that. Yeah. I can go do that outside. I can go travel from, you know, Smyrna to Nashville. Sit in traffic. <laughs> Real life simulator. <laughs> the life. I mean game. I mean life. <laughs> right. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's yeah. definitely... Cause, because, I mean, I've talked before. I love open world games. But I love open world games when things happen. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right, I'll turn it back over to you, sir. Okay. Um, I personally, I want to preface this by saying I completely understand why, but I hate that every game has decided it needs to have a season pass. That's and I don't be the next thing I was going to say. I don't. I think we're using different terms for season pass. You are, I, I expect you are going to be referring to the ultimate edition of a game where you get all of the DLC. 
because we've discussed that in the past about how if I want to pay full price for a game, I want to get the full price for all of the content. Right. Um, my my thinking is more along the lines of like how Call of Duty has a season pass, right? So Call of Duty season passes are not that definition of the same mechanic, if you will. There you have, I don't know, four weeks, five weeks, a set amount of time to play the game enough to achieve enough inside of the game to unlock these exclusive rewards that are only available during this time and you have to do these things. And it was great when one game had them and you could play that game and unlock it and complete it and still play all these other games. But now that, not every game obviously, but now that enough games have season passes, it's almost like, well, you know, I can complete one of them or I can get 20% done on all of them. And it's just kind of, you know, pick, pick your poison if you will. And as a, as a streamer, as someone who kind of weighs that in my decision of what am I going to play, it's, I mean, it, it's upsetting because I would love to play more Apex Legends or I would play, a, not a whole lot because I suck at the game, but I would play a little bit more Rocket League. But when they all have these various reward tiers, I'm just going to default to Call of Duty because one, it's something I know, and two, it's something I see myself playing more, so the reward, earning that reward, benefits me more in the long run. Hmm. Yeah. So that aspect of season passes are what I wish would get walked back. And Jay, I will throw it back to you for your definition of season passes. Yes, my definition of season passes is when you buy a game and you can either buy the game or you can buy the game with season pass, meaning that more stuff is going to come out for this game in the future. And so you buy the season pass so that you can get the extra stuff that they release later. And no, if I'm paying for a game, I want the whole game, dadgummit. <laughs> give me the whole thing. Don't give me parts of it later. That doesn't make sense. I don't walk up and say, hey, I want a pizza. Oh, okay. Do you also <laughs> want the season pass? So that we can bring some pepperonis to put on your pizza later? <laughs> That's a great metaphor. <laughs> no, I don't want that. I want the whole pizza now. I will say, I do think there are ways to do expansions well and be included in a season pass. Yes. The one that jumps out to me, um, there's this game called Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yes. And it's ex it has two expansions, if I remember correctly. One, so Ghost Recon, theoretically, theoretically, is a mildly tactic-based third-person shooter where you play as a member of this elite squad and yada, 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 video game, soldier talk, all this mess. But <laughs> one of the expansions is completely ludicrous. You have, like, monster trucks, and you have plane, like, um, stunt planes, and it just... Be it, it feels more action comedy than tactical shooter. And it fits this because the, the self-contained main plot of the game ends. So the game itself is complete, and if you don't get the season pass, you don't get the additional content, then, I mean, personally, I don't feel like the one ex the one expansion is a loss. I actually never played it. I played the introductory mission, and I said, I hate this. And I went back to the base game until the second expansion came out, which dialed everything up to, like, 13. It skipped 11 and 12. And it just made the game that much harder. The enemies were that much more difficult. And I was like, ah, this is the type of expansion that I would pay for. Hmm. Because it also was a kind of a backdoor introduction into the next game, Ghost Recon uh, yes. Breakpoint. Right. So it introduced characters and mechanics from a future game. 
And that is something that I think games could do more of. And I, I would be willing to bet, I might be wrong, but I would be willing to bet that those expansions didn't come out until much later. Absolutely. Okay. What they do now, which doesn't make sense to me, is they will do a season pass and will release more content within the same year that the game was released. And in my eyes, if you're going to do extra down, uh, you know, downloadable content, okay, I get that, okay? You, you, can, you can do that. You know, you pay not to complete the game, but just to add more to the game, right? I get that. But you need to wait until things have died down with the game most people have completed the main storyline and then release more content. Absolutely. Because like, and I'll go back to Valhalla just because that's what I've been playing a lot of recently is there's been a ton of stuff that extra stuff that they've been releasing and the game just came out this past November. It hasn't even been a full year. And they're already releasing all this extra stuff that you can get now. And it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like the, the, you haven't even given time to let the excitement from, you know, let's finish this candy bar before opening up another candy bar. I agree in theory. Um, and I think a lot of games used to follow that pattern. The, the one that you prefer of saying, hey, you know, it's been three months. It's been six months. We want to prolong the lifespan of our base game by creating this additional content. Um, but I think, especially with something like Valhalla, what, what they're running into is, oh, no, we released this game and it was like, it, we, we released it and it was immediately forgotten. But if we keep releasing these other things, if we keep giving it more content, people will come back to us. So I think that's it's kind of an oversaturated market, which leads into my next point. Actually, it's, it's ironic that we're complaining about Valhalla because I'm directly going to compliment Assassin's Creed franchise for this. So many studios pick quantity over quality. Uh, yes, I know exactly where you're going. In the sense that they would rather, like clockwork, release a game every year. Good, bad, or the other, it doesn't matter. Every year there's a new Madden. Every year there's a new Call of Duty. And you, more often than not, know exactly what to expect. Because they're so formulaic that you don't really know what they could change. And I reference how I'm going to compliment Assassin's Creed because after, um, well, it was Black one set flag. of, no, I thought it was the one set no, of no, London. No, it was, um, was it syndicate? Yes. It was after syndicate. So up until that point, Assassin's Creed had become an incredibly formulaic game. They started, at the crusade era and just kind of slowly worked their way forward through history, but they became predictable in the sense of, Oh, you know, we can guess the mechanics this game is going to have the way it's going to play. We can guess the types of characters we're going to have in these games. And they became very poor quality. And what Ubisoft did was they realized, you know, Hey, we see the trending reviews for these games and they're getting worse what we're going to do is we're going to take this year off, focus on making higher quality games, and we'll come back to you with a product that we're going to be very proud to release. And that game was uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which got incredible reviews. People say it's one of the best Assassin's Creed games. And that led into Odyssey which had its own drawbacks, and now we're kind of back in the same boat with Valhalla of saying, you know, they've either they've tried to do too much or they haven't changed enough, and it's just, 
I, I honestly don't know anyone that has completed Valhalla. I can't think of a single person. Yeah. Yeah, even the, the main storyline is... Yeah, it's just... It's so long. Yeah. And it's not, even, it's not even that it's necessarily good. Because I don't yeah. know that you could say it is if you haven't finished it. And not finishing it is an indictment of its quality to me. Yeah. It and, is. I mean, I know that's I know this has been a complaint with Madden for years, like any sports game, really, because how revolutionary can you be in a year? Right. Because games like that, I would imagine as soon as Madden 21 releases. Yeah. If they have a if they have a dev team of 100 people, I don't know, maybe like 20 of them stick around to do quality of life enhancements on the game for its its one year lifespan but as soon as that game releases so much of that dev team is going to move on to all right we're just going to make this game next year we're going to make this game next year we're going to make the same game next year Hmm. so there's not really that much innovation i see it i can understand well i think this is my next complaint my next thing that i want them to change is my last one um and this one is more on a level that i've seen happen to somebody in my life personally but then also um believe it or not psychologists have also noticed a trend with this one as well and that's the battle royale games um, are really harming our young generation. And that's that the Battle Royale, the one thing that it's really good at doing is giving things. So you either pay for a battle pass, you know, a season pass, and you can win all of this extra stuff, or you pay for it, and you get all these extra skins and guns and whatnot. Or, um, I think I think that's the only things, right? Yeah. Um, or there is, there is some stuff sometimes that they'll give away for free. But the thing that we're seeing, the trend that we're starting to see with all of these games, is that there's no real end in sight. There's no real goal to the game. The goal of the game, truthfully, is to get more stuff. And so what, in turn, what has happened with our younger generation that we're seeing, this is true. I'll I'll actually, I'll have to find some of the sources and I can post them on our Facebook page. But um, what's happening is, is a lot of this younger generation, that's all they're thinking of. They're just, they've gotten to the point where that they constantly are thinking of what's the next thing. I want the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, instead of just enjoying what they already have. And so there's a lot of psychologists that have said that um, this is a trend, a very negative trend that's beginning to happen to the point where one psychologist that I read, he said that his antidote to this was actually to play Zelda Breath of the Wild because it's a game that has an ultimate goal but then on top of that there's a lot of time in between each goal where you do have time to unwind and just kind of enjoy the game itself instead of working towards the next thing anyway that is a trend that i would like to see start going away I don't really know how to react because you came at me with facts and I can't argue against facts. (laughs) I want to try and defend games in the sense of, I don't know that that's a game so much as a symptom of society or culture as a whole. Um, But I feel like that's a whole different can of worms and it's equally unfortunate. Um, I have two left, so I will go ahead and and go with both of them one of them i feel like you kind of lead into um for me and that is that um a lot of people when we were growing up 
they would play little league or they would play peewee football or or like the basketball leagues or whatever and they would say i want to be a professional athlete when i grow up that's my goal and even if it's unachievable i'll maybe get a scholarship and get an education and better myself that way or some people they actually do make it and they become that professional athlete but the percentage of people who grow up saying I want to be a professional athlete to the people that actually accomplish it is infinitesimal. It is a tiny itty bitty percentage just because of the sheer number of like pro sports have rosters. Rosters have limits. If you're the best, you make it. And if you're not the best, you're gone. It's a cutthroat industry, but that's the nature of the beast. So now people are at a point where streaming is so prevalent people aren't you know growing up and saying like oh yeah you know i want to be the next tom brady or i want to be the next lebron james people are saying i want to be the next ninja or i want to be the next tim the Tatman, or the next courage and just these these icons of gaming these massive and i hate i abhor this word i hate it so bad but these influencers for the gaming industry that is the that is the pie in the sky ultimate goal and it is kind of in that sense of anyone can do it mechanically it's like it's like watching a bob (coughs) ross episode in the sense of you know i can buy his paint and i can do the same hand motions i can physically make the the strokes on the canvas that he is making but just because i can do that it doesn't mean i'm going to make art and there's a lot more that goes into it similar to the i want to make it as a professional athlete you have to put the work in and i feel like some people are going to be like the the kids that jay described with this battle pass obsession of saying, you know, I need the next thing, I need the next thing. Because they see that as their their end goal isn't necessarily based in a game. It's based in a lifestyle that they want to be able to have for themselves. They want to see this as their career. Hmm. And it's encouraging enough because you can make strides to do that. But the people who do that on that elite level that get put on that level of pedestal, they've put in, I mean maybe not decades plural, but 10 years plus to get to where they are. And there's just, even now with, cause I, I stream, but I dabble, right? There's so much that I understand. And there's so much that I understand that I don't do because I have a full-time job. I have a family. Like I have things that take precedence over that. But if you're if you're younger and if you're just cutting your teeth in this stuff, then you might have that time to invest and you might be able to make more strides. You might be able to do more, but it's not necessarily going to be the career that you think it will. And that I feel like is is kind of the inherent danger of where gaming is going, Hmm. because it's not so much. It's not a pastime for people anymore. It's not a hobby. Right. It's the sweatiest thing. <laughs> yeah. Which as is in the gaming context, it's not a compliment. No. Because it's just like, you know, I'm not going to play this game to unwind anymore because I have to take this completely seriously if I want to enjoy myself. Wow. And it sucks point. it sucks the enjoyment out of it even for me as a casual gamer. Yeah. Which leads into one of my next least favorite trends is skill-based matchmaking, or SBMM, if you might have heard of it described as its acronym. The theory behind skill-based matchmaking, I have no problem with. The theory behind it is, it takes, it looks through a game's player pool, and it says, oh, you all are roughly the same level of ability, we're going to make you play each other. And on, on the surface, that's a, I'm fine with that. If I'm not if I'm going to be laid back and just kind of play the way I want to, I want to play other like-minded people. 
the problem with that comes into it when it doesn't really work like that, right? So I might have one really good game. And then the game decides, oh, you're better than we thought you were. We're going to put you in this better lobby. And then I just get doo-dooed on for the whole game. I have no fun. And the game's like, oh, well, you had that really good game, though, so we're just going to drop it a little bit. And then I like I do better, but I still don't have a good time. And it just keeps, like, it drops it far enough that I, like, I have a really good game again. And then it's just rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. Like it's at a point now. So the cold Black Ops Cold War, the Call of Duty game that released last year, had atrocious skill-based matchmaking in its multiplayer when it released, and it hasn't really changed to the point that I haven't played multiplayer in a Call of Duty game <sighs> three or four months probably. Wow! I've exclusively been playing zombies. Yeah, and it's just because you've reached that point where you're just like, this isn't fun for it's, you It's anymore. no fun at all. It's There's zero enjoyment in that aspect of the game. Mm. And it's a terrible place to be, but that's where the game is. Hmm. So I've adapted my playing, and I play other things. There you go. Yeah, that's a shame because, you know... You, you, which I mean, at the same time though, it is good that you've adapted and you're still enjoying yourself. You're just enjoying yourself in a different way. Um, so that's, that's good and that's healthy, you know, but I could see others, you know, taking that personally, you know, or, you know, being really mad at themselves for not being better or then trying to crank out all those hours so that they do become better and and that's probably more the end goal for the for for the company is they're like no we want them to to want to get better you yeah know? um but yeah that is, that is unfortunate well there you go so these are the things that we are the the um i don't even know if we fully came up with a name for this but the uh well, just our our problems with gaming. Problems with gaming. Our problems with gaming. Actually, the I, things I, we would like to see change. I just realized another one, um, but this is also of games. This is also kind of culture as a whole, but I feel like it's especially prevalent in gaming right now. Is nostalgia culture? Mm. In the sense yeah. that instead of making something new, let's just remake something that was good. Right. Because yeah, we're it's seeing like that right now with. Um, Mass Effect. Yeah. Mass Effect is being re-released in 4K and all yeah, that. Yeah, it, it just got remastered, and it's it, there are polls now when it's like, what game would you want to see remastered? And it's like... How about a new one? Yeah. <laughs> How about you make a None. new one at the level of the old one? Because, I mean, I would love to see KOTOR get remastered. I would love to see the original Red Dead get remastered. But I would also like to see new games at those levels because those games are still playable. They're still obtainable as they are. Yeah. And yeah, they might not look as crisp as 4K or 8K or like 28K. I don't even know what how many Ks there are anymore. But <laughs> they're still there. I think there's only 1K. It's right after J. Ah, yes, for the just kidding. That I I got I got you. JK. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it, you're right. And, um, that's an excellent point. And actually I kind of got sucked into it when I did see that they were remaking Mass Effect. I was like, oh man, those were great games. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, it would be cool to just, you know, maybe make a, not Mass Effect, but something like Mass Effect, right? Something that does you know, that you want to go back and play over again and again and again. And it just, it's something that doesn't happen a lot anymore. Um, which, I mean, maybe at the same time, that's why those games are so great, is because there's nothing like them. Yeah. But what about you, listener? What do you think? What What are some video game uh, stuff 
some video game things that you just would really like to see change. I know there is more than what we touched on, so you can reach out to us um, many different ways. You can reach <laughs> out to us on our uh, go- our um, email. Were you about to say on our Google Plus page? I was I was about to say our <laughs> Google account, but I I mean which that's not wrong. That's not wrong. But, yeah. Um. But yeah, you can reach us on our email. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. You can also message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. Follow us there for all of our um, latest content. And um, you can also see what it is that we're going to be talking about a week in advance. Um, You can reach us on our Instagram page. They didn't ask us. Uh, and then you can also go to our new website, they didn't ask us pod.com, where you can listen to all of our latest episodes. You can see bios about John and myself. And then you can also fill out a comment card that will come directly to us. And you can let us know what it is that we're doing, what it is you want us to change, what's some more stuff you would like to hear. Um, Last week we had a we reviewed an anime which was suggested by a listener to review an anime. John was the one that found the anime that we were going to review. Good job, John. But uh, it was a listener who encouraged us to review another anime. So thank you, listener, for that. And uh, you can do the same. Um, you can follow me personally on Instagram. The nerd is underscore in, and you can also follow John on both Twitch and Twitter at jmuller8332, keeping the brand consistent. That's me. Did you just do like a... The hang loose thing? Yeah. The hang loose. <laughs> right on, man. Uh, like, yeah, that's, that's me. That's where you could find me. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode with us. I hope you enjoyed hearing my son at the beginning. We did that because John had to be out of town, unfortunately. But he was able to be back just in time for this. How great is that? Man, podcasts are magic. I tell you what. They are. Um, But we will be back with you in two weeks this time. But until then, nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a long-time listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.